Okay, so um, today I'm going to talk about separation anxiety in dogs, would you believe? Um, a bit of a random one, but I have just got off a 90-minute call with my new separation anxiety trainer all the way in Los Angeles, um, which I thought was, which I think is just incredible, um, that we were Zooming this lady, it's, you know, we're, she's 10 hours behind, it's 6 o'clock in the morning for her or whatever, and um, we're over here chatting to her, and she's helping us to essentially stop our dog from freaking out whenever we leave. Um, this has been an ongoing thing. I'll give you I'll give you the background story. So, um, this time last year, uh, I think it was actually no, it was it was March, a little bit earlier, the twenty eighth of March actually. Um, we wanted to foster a dog. There was a, a big problem in this in this country with people abandoning dogs. Um, there was a lot of misinformation about COVID, and you know, could pets transmit the virus? You know, a lot of people over here, they uh they believed so uh so they got rid of their dogs and um their their cats and their pets in general um and we've heard some brutal stories but we're not going to depress you with them but you know basically the the pets were abandoned and the rescue shelters were struggling for um for foster parents and adoption um people and all that kind of jazz so we decided to go and check them out and um we came across our uh now dog uh Tyson and um obviously you know oh we're only going to foster him but fell in love with him and adopted him and now he's our dog but when we were in lockdown he uh we we were there all the time okay so we got him in lockdown and we were there all of the time and um we didn't know that he had any issues with separation anxiety um and who's to blame him really like we were there 24 7 the only time that we left the house was to either bring him for a walk or to go to the grocery uh, store um, supermarket to get groceries for the week. We didn't we didn't realize that he was actually howling that whole two like let's say we were gone for two hours he was howling that whole time pacing absolutely stressed out of his mind and uh, we didn't realize that until later on. So every time we got back, we would welcome him and he would be super, like literally doing somersaults. Um, he was so excited to see us when we come back. So what do we do? We don't even put away the shopping and we're down playing with him and, you know, for 45 minutes, he's running over um, to ourselves. He's running back to me. He's running over to ourselves, running back to me and just so hyper. And we were, we were like, oh, this is great to have a dog that's so happy to see you when, uh, to, so happy to see you when you come home. And that was all grand. And I suppose um, one of the things that I want to talk about today is how we can be, how can we be, how we can be doing things so wrong without, with the best intentions, but just doing the complete wrong thing at any given time. And that's what we were doing. So fast forward to uh, uh, recently when we went back to work. Tyson wasn't he had never experienced this he like we were there um, working from home online he had never experienced us going to work um, for you know between eight and nine hours a day so we have been trying to train him out of his anxiety all of the things that we have been doing so far we have been we have found out that a lot of them have just been the absolute wrong thing to do so and we've been ta- like you know we've we've been googling it googling it for for what seems like forever and there's a lot of conflicting things that you you read on the internet and uh, so you just yeah i suppose you just have to be very careful that you're sure that the um information that you're getting is 
is good because we even had a dog trainer and they were telling us things to do and it turned out that they were not the right things especially not for uh, for Tyson so uh, I suppose just be super careful when you're getting your information wherever it is you know um I learned on a podcast there, uh, trust but verify. And I think that's, I think that's extremely important um, to do in all walks of life, I suppose. So when we were talking to our separation anxiety specialist, they said, no, when you get your comings and goings should be completely, um, they, they, there should not be a big deal made out of it at all. If anything, you shouldn't even say goodbye to your dog or hello to them. You just, you just completely ignore them. And then they associate you leaving and you coming back with nah, yeah they're gone out whatever i don't care and that's that's what you want it's not cold it's not cold or anything like that in terms like the dog doesn't think oh my god they don't love me the dog is confused at the start but then it will um eventually get to oh yeah they're my owners and i love them and you know when they come and go it's it's all good it's grand no worries but um it's hilarious because the things that we thought we were doing you know oh we'll play with him when we get home and you know um it'll be great and he'll like that and but no couldn't have been couldn't have been the worst thing another thing that we find with the dog as well is um is what to give them to eat um you know does it always seems to be you know you give them a piece of a cucumber let's say and the cucumbers are okay for dogs but let's pretend they're not you give them a bit of a cucumber you google can you give dogs cucumbers on no terms should you give your dog cucumbers we found we like that felt like uh, that was the only message that we are getting back from the internet all of the time. Every time we Google something, it was like, on no, um, no uncertain terms, do not do give this to your dog. But anyway, we are learning all the time. And um, we have, as I said, we just got off a 90-minute call with our new dog trainer. And um, it's funny, she, she was asking us to... Uh, um, most of the call was us sitting down watching TV and the laptop on in the corner and she had her camera off and she had her mic off and she was WhatsApping us. So she was watching the dog and she would she'd send us a message and say, okay, stand up, uh, pause for one second and sit back down. And, we, you know, it was a bit bizarre, but we'd done that anyway. And um, then uh, we'd watch the show for, a, you know, a, another 30, 45 seconds and the dog trainer would be there texting us all the time. It's like, oh, did you see that? He lifted his head and he was kind of sussing out and he was a little bit anxious and okay. And then eventually, make long story short, we um, progressed that to standing up, pausing for a second, walking towards the door out of sight pausing for another three seconds and coming back and by the end of it the dog was sitting down on the couch and he didn't even he passed no remarks to it and that's just that just shows you it's an it's an example of kind of incremental steps and how you, you know in some things you should really start off small and just build on that build on like you know lay the foundations and i i one of the things that the dog trainer has said to us a few times now and i think it's i, I think it's a really it's a really cool saying it's um how does it go and i don't want to i don't want to butcher it um you have to go slow in order to go fast and what that basically means is start off slow uh, start off slow lay the foundations you know get your dog um so that he's not anxious as soon as you stand up it's we've we've turned standing up um from being an anxious thing for him into it being a calming thing for him so when we stand up now he's just oh yeah they're just doing this thing where they stand up and sit back down and then they stand up and they walk and then they come back and that's grand because they never leave the room and that's that's happy so that is your solid foundation there 
so that in the future, hopefully, when we stand up and we walk out of the house for an hour or two hours, we come back, the dog will be like, oh, I'm grand, yeah, he's our back, oh, whatever, cool, I don't really care. Um, and the only way that you can get to that is if you have a solid foundation. And I suppose there's a there's a bit of a, you can take that into your own life and look at the things that you're doing in life. And I suppose start off small, lay the foundations good and thick and strong, and um, you will benefit in the long run. So the, th- the other things we were doing with Tyson were was um, we were saying, like, and our dog trainer said, oh, no, it's fine to say goodbye to your dog. A little pat on the head, say, see you later, we'll be back soon. And um, just so he would associate, and, you know, the idea was incremental steps as well, but they just weren't incremental enough. They're, I don't know if that's how you say it, but they weren't small enough at the start. So we started off with our first trainer, and um, now who who was a uh, who said that she wasn't a professional when it came, or not not professional, but she wasn't an expert when it came to separation anxiety. But she said she did she did know a good bit about it, and she read a lot of literature, blah blah blah. So she was saying, you know, pat him on the head, say goodbye, um, walk outside the door for two seconds, and then come back in, and that was grand. Uh, we were doing that, and. Then we would go to five seconds and twenty seconds, twenty-five seconds, and the dog seemed fine. Okay, so, and he was he he seemed fine to us, to the untrained eye, obviously. And then we were going for two minutes, and then we were going for five minutes, and then we are we eventually got to eighteen minutes, I think. Um, now the dog was not enjoying those eight minutes. He was he was borderline kind of whining. Um, and sometimes he might even just let out a bark or he might even let out a howl um, and his howls are absolutely horrendous it just sounds like an old man writhing in pain but anyway um and uh, then we come back and we pat him on the head and we be like oh, okay and then we sit back down and then we do it again and it was it must have been absolute torture for the dog but when we got to this new trainer, this new trainer was saying, no, well, actually, um, okay, so he, she would, she'd ask us to stand up and, okay, watch the dog. We were watching the dog on the camera because you can't be looking in his eyes when you're trying to train him um, because we're trying to dissociate ourselves with him um, in order so that he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he needs our attention all the time. So he... Um, you would see his lip very, very subtle. His lip would tighten up. His lower lip would tighten up, or his his uh, he would lick his lips, um, or his ear. And I obviously I think I think this is a most people know this about dogs. If their ears go down, um, what did the lady call it today? Helicopter ears. If their ears go down, they don't like the they don't like whatever's happening. Um, so all of the or excessive blinking was another one. All of these tiny little cues that we had no idea of and we didn't know about, um, before when we were doing the the previous train, we were like, oh, this is great. We've been gone for five minutes minutes now and he hasn't been doing this or that or whatever he hasn't been pacing as much he didn't howl but all of the time the poor dog was stressed out of his head because he um because of all of these micro little things that we didn't we didn't even know were were happening but obviously were happening we didn't know because we were untrained to it and i suppose what there's another kind of there's another uh, lesson that you can kind of take out of that i suppose and the, the lesson is that you might you might think that you're doing the right thing and you might be convinced of it but you could be doing the complete wrong thing so don't uh, don't don't be don't be hell-bent on all oh, what i'm doing is right you know be confident in yourself yeah but don't be con- don't convince yourself that you're doing it right and don't be um always be open to suggestions and improvements and you know um take on board what people are saying and 
Um, I suppose another another kind of another thing that comes out of I don't know if life life lessons is the right the right way to say it. Again, I don't want to sound preachy here or anything. Um, but again, this is my inner monologue, I suppose. So I'm just working this out for myself. Um, I suppose another kind of lesson that you can take from it is if you you don't you might not know what's going on with somebody else. Like we didn't know what was going on with Tyson. We didn't know that he had the he had like this excessive blinking and licking the lips and his his lower jaw tightening up and all of this. We didn't know that. All right, and and he was he was anxious. He was really really anxious. He was stressed out of his head. We couldn't see it, but he was absolutely stressed out of his head. And that can be the same with people as well. Some people have a lifetime of um, basically not not tricking people around them, but. They have a lifetime of, what, what am I trying to say? They have a lifetime of training themselves not to show any weakness or or anything like that. But deep down, like under under the under the surface, they could be bubbling up and they could be having a really, really bad time. So I suppose, so I suppose what I'm trying to say is if they're, if you're, if somebody is just being an asshole to you and you're not really, you can't put your finger on why, give them a break maybe and you know and a great thing to say to yourself is maybe they're going through some stuff that i just not wary about that i just don't know about maybe they're going through this and um i'm gonna i'm gonna cut them some slack and i'm gonna say um you know if if they've if they've been really rude to you or if they let you down or whatever you just say listen man yeah no worries at all um so we'll do the next we'll do it the next time or uh don't worry about it we'll you know we'll sort we'll sort it out we'll sort something out um it'll all be grand but say it sincerely as well don't say it like you're you're pissed off and you're just trying to you know cover up that the fact that you're pissed off Um, say it say it sincerely and mean it and um, because everybody's going through something and it's impossible for us to know all of the time if somebody is going through something at any given time. So I suppose uh, what I'm trying to say is to myself is be aware that people might people might be going through some stuff. And um, uh, again, not to sound too preachy, but you know, treat them like you would like to be treated. If you were going through some stuff and you lashed out at someone, or if you didn't meet a deadline or whatever, uh, have a bit of understanding. Uh, have a bit of understanding like you would like someone to have understanding for you and um, don't let people take the piss at the same time but it's it's striking that balance i think is is what we all strive to do all of the time we want the balance between you know giving people a break knowing when to give people a break and knowing when to tell somebody to cop the fuck on